people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Hey, welcome to uh, Dr. Paul Alexander's Liberty Hour and America Out Loud Talk Radio. <clears throat> you know my um my uh, talk shows go to podcasts the following day, and um, I'm very very happy and grateful to Malcolm and the America Out Loud Talk Radio platform to giving me this opportunity with other great uh, speakers such as scientists such as McCullough, Reich, etc as well as Malcolm Bregans. Oh, we are fighting this uh, this tyranny daily. And um, there's so many different things to talk about. I think, I mean, of course, right now you're following the negotiations or the, the disaster with the debt ceiling that doesn't seem to um to go away. And, and I think it's a game. It's a game between the Republicans and the Democrats, the White House, to make you think, McCarthy and the White House, <clears throat> that they're doing things in our favor, but they're not. And I want to be as clear as I could be with my statement that they're not. And um, this is a problem. We have politicians, Republicans and Democrats in government for the last, I would say, 100 years that have uh, taken advantage of the public and um, basically stolen. These people are High crime bandits. High crime bandits. We have many issues right now. And you know, as we exit the COVID disaster, remember I've said in my view that this entire pandemic from the virus, the nature of the virus, uh, when it was released, how it was developed, where it came from, all the way to the, to the uh, fraudulent pandemic response. This was never a pandemic. All the way to the lockdowns, the school closures, the business closures. We call it lockdown lunacy. Business closures, mass mandates, vaccine mandates. They brought, they brought this mRNA technology, DNA, adenoviral platform also that did not work out of the gate. It was ineffective and harmful. This mRNA technology, mRNA technology, combined with the lipid nanoparticle delivery platform, is probably one of the most deadliest things human beings have been subjected to. And it's catastrophic because there's really no benefit. And those who did research on this and those who brought this, the mRNA experts, so to speak, they really brought death. Robert Oppenheimer, the one of the inventors of the atomic bomb, at least soon after the explosion and the, the deaths in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, he admitted, I think before he died, that I think he was saying that he would have not done what he did had he known that he brought death. This is what the mRNA technology is. Carico, 
Wiseman, Sahin, all of these people, Malone, these people brought death to humanity because we found out that the mRNA reverse transcribes back into our DNA. We found out that there's nuclear translocation of the mRNA, et cetera, into the nucleus of the cell. We found out that the, the, the vaccine and the content, the subunits, the spike protein, the mRNA itself, the lipid nanoparticle, nothing stays at the injection site. It traverses the body systemically. Because the idea, what they told us was, like a normal vaccine, you'd inject into the injection site, into the upper deltoid, and the bolus of the vaccine would stay there, in this case, in, into the muscle. <clears throat> and the muscle cells would take up uh, the lipid nanoparticles, as well as some of the vaccine content would drain to the uh, local lymph drainage nodes under the axilla. Axilla is the medical term for anatomical tune for armpit. <clears throat> and once these lipid nanoparticles with this mRNA payload is taken up, um, these cells translate the mRNA into the spike protein. The spike protein is presented on the surface of the cells, etc. And then you have, you know, the, the typical immunological response with antigen-presenting cells, etc., etc., but the long and short of it is the idea was it would have stayed at the injection site, drained to the local lymph drainage node, and the uh, spike protein would be produced. The immunological response would take place right there, where um, etc. Antibodies, and you know the uh, you know the 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 full story by now. You're experts at this. However, what we found out is that. The content of the vaccine does not stay in the muscle, does not stay in the ejection site, does not stay in the lymph drainage node. It enters the systemic circulation, the lymph system, and goes all over the body. So that was a lie too. We know everything about the lipid nanoparticles and the mRNA payload. Every single thing was a lie and how deadly it is. Those who brought this brought us death. And this spike protein is manufactured, the synthetic spike, as a consequence of the mRNA vaccine, is actually mRNA technology-based vaccine. It's probably going to be the most catastrophic thing that we're going to deal with societally for the next 20, 30, 50 years because of the harms of the spike protein. The spike protein, I'll remind you, is that uh, protein that interfaces, the binding sites on the spike protein, interfaces with the receptor binding domains, with the um, ACE2 receptor on the surface of the cells. And it's that interaction and that interface allows the virus, the membrane of the virus to fuse with the membrane of the host cell and the virus degauges, pours its content, the genetic material, into the host cell, the infected cell at that point. Remember, once the virus is outside of the cell, the cell is not infected. And that's where normally, as part of the innate immune response, the first line, 
the innate antibodies, etc., would, would would neutralize the virus and prevent that interface between the spike protein and the ACE2 receptors, etc. But the reality about it is we know that the synthetic spike manufactured by your cells, the mRNA is translated to the spike. We know that that spike protein is very, very dangerous because once a cell, let's say a cell in the heart, a heart cell, when that cell, the lipid nanoparticle is moving along in the blood, when, when the lipid nanoparticle is taken up by the heart cell and the content, the mRNA, enters into the cytoplasm and in a very simplistic way, gets on deck or gets on board with the ribosome, which is there to decode the mRNA, the genetic message. Once the spike protein is made, is, is translated, the spike protein migrates to the surface of that heart cell and sits there in a transmembrane protein. Transmembrane means it's a protein that spans the breadth of the membrane of the cell. And the spike protein sits there facing the outside of the cell. Well, the way this plays out is as part of your immune response, we have antibodies, we have uh, killer lymphocytes in the blood as part of the immunological response that detects the spike protein as foreign. It attacks the spike protein. So in attacking the spike protein, remember, the entire outside of the cell is now, I'll use the term, embroidered with spike protein. So it has this almost beautiful array of spikes sitting on the outside of the cell. And the killer lymphocytes, which God gave you, it's part of your immune response, attacks any foreign protein that it detects inside of a cell, sitting on the surface of a cell, actually being manufactured by a cell. Once it detects it as foreign, does not belong to cell, it will attack it. So the killer lymphocytes are hitting the spike, hitting all of the tissue around the cell, in the entire tissue. And that's where the heart muscle swells and gets damaged. And, and, the, and the, uh, the surface gets scraped and scratched and dug out. And right there, bleeding begins. And it's that attack by the killer lymphocytes, the T-cell lymphocytes, that causes bleeding and then immediate clotting. It's a paradoxical situation where you are not just bleeding at the site of, of trauma from the immune system attacking the spike protein that sits on the surface of your cells, but you also begin to clot. So we even have a condition called VITT, vaccine-induced thrombotic, thrombotic thrombocytopenia purpura, which is a, a condition where the, the heart cells, the myocardial cells are actually bleeding and clotting and swelling 
there's an inflammatory response. All of the cells that line the interior of the capillaries and veins and arteries around the heart muscle that services the heart. In fact, it services any organs, lungs, adrenals, um, kidneys, anything. The inside layer of the lumen, the lumen is the is a passageway inside of a vessel, the hollow area. The cells that lines the interior of the lumen are called endothelial cells. That endothelial cellular layer lines the interior of, of your entire cardiovascular system. On the surface of that is another uh, molecule uh, complex array it's called the glycocalyx. The glycocalyx and the endothelium, the endothelial layer, line the inside of your cardiovascular system. <clears throat> when the endothelial cells take up, the lipid nanoparticles that were moving in the blood systemically, because it left the injection site, Those in the endothelial cells will do what I just said. It happens to the heart cells too. At a vascular level, the endothelial cells will be taken up. <clears throat> they also translate the messenger RNA. The messenger RNA is translated into spike protein, and the spike protein migrates to the surface of the endothelial cells. So you almost have these spikes sticking out into the lumen of the blood vessels. So blood is flowing along now, bringing along with it all of the things it normally does, you know, oxygen, hemoglobin, all of the nutrients, all of the constituents of the blood platelet, the whole shebang. But also it's bringing along portions of the immune system, such as the killer lymphocytes. Their job is to peruse the blood system to peruse, constantly looking for foreign proteins. Anything that the cell is manufacturing that should not be there. The killer lymphocytes are looking. The immune system is looking. And once the endothelial cells take up, the lipid nanoparticle and produce a spike, it also produces trash, molecular trash, garbage. And it deposits that garbage that in a layman term, I would say in the, the side door, the trap door of the cell, just deposits it there by the, the outside. Once the immune system detects that garbage and trash, it knows that that cell, all those cells were producing something foreign. It was producing a protein foreign to the body. And its job then is to attack that cell or all the cells in the area and just destroy it. It is that attack on the endothelial cells that causes bleeding and clotting and devastation to the cardiovascular system. That's a, that's a catastrophic cascade of events. That's why we call the spike protein endothelial pathogen because it causes a devastating attack on the endothelial layer. You know, I started off uh, intent on speaking about a bunch of issues and got trapped in, 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 in this issue. 
about the spike protein because I think we cannot stop talking about the spike protein given how devastating it is. But I wanna um, I wanna touch on a host of things across this. There's one interesting story came out today on Fox News. They're saying about 150 former Trump officials now back in the Sanders. Now, a lot of the names that they listed, I actually know from being in the Trump administration in the past. I don't know them like to sit down and have dinner in my house with them, but you have to meet people, right, and work with them. This is Trump's, this was Trump's problem as president and even now. You have all of these people who really never supported him. It's very easy for them to jump ship. And that's the problem he's going to face now. And it's happening. And they're back in the scientists. Um, there was this recent Rasmussen report that came out that showed that 57%, of, almost 60% of Americans said they're very concerned that the COVID vaccine, the mRNA vaccines, can cause serious side effects to them. Well, we didn't need the Rasmussen report to tell us this. We were seeing that. Many of our friends and family got sick after the shot and died. Look, I want to end this segment by saying, please, please purchase my book, Presidential Takedown. You can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Go to my blog. My substack is called Alexander COVID News. A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R space COVID space news. Thank you for the segment. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code out loud at cofixrx.com. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the second segment of the America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find them on uh, the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, etc. It goes on the next day. Um, I want to say thanks again to Malcolm. I want to ask you to please go to my blog, Alexander COVID News. It's my substack, Alexander COVID News. Uh, if you want to support me in any way, please go to Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, and it's, uh, the email is sr7283 at gmail.com. I want to start off by talking a little bit about the spike protein again, but 
uh, the fact that a lot of people are getting long COVID symptoms and they need, they need help because they're suffering. They have symptoms. Symptoms from the spike protein from the virus as well as the spike protein from the vaccine itself. And it seems that the spike from the vaccine is causing more pathology and more serious symptoms. And because of that, uh, the wellness company USA, headed by Foster Coulson, he, uh, he's a family from Canada, British Columbia, into logging, firefighting, etc. And uh, he's invested, he's put his money into setting up the wellness company USA. We've just initiated the wellness company Canada, and we have serious discussions now on the wellness company Caribbean and Europe. Basically, it's trying to revolutionize healthcare where the company at its core offers a range of nutraceuticals and supplements. Uh, Foster actually helped Dr. Zev Zelenko uh, when he bought out the Z-Pack, you know, the combination of hydroxy, azithromycin, etc., doxycycline. Um, for my affiliation with the wellness company, I'm one of the directors on the U.S., company and now the Canadian company. And on the U.S. side, it's Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Reese, Dr. Richard Ameling, and Dr. Heather Gessling. On the Canadian side, it's myself, Dr. Alexander, Dr. Roger Atkinson, Dr. Julie Poness, Dr. William Marcus, and Dr. Mark Trozzi. And my, my affiliation is because of, um, I looked at Foster Coulson as a, as a visionary, as a CNC, CEO, but I'm very proud to announce this affiliation with the wellness company. And um, because the, the company actually provides a range of telemedicine services besides nutraceuticals, but online medical care, doctor care uh, for long COVID vaccine injury, as well as medical exemptions and, and with a host of supplements that I, I just mentioned. One of them is, is a product that has heavy natokinase. Natokinase is that natural fibrinolytic enzyme. And we have put it into this spike recovery product that based on the preliminary evidence that's emerging in the research studies, it shows that natokinase helps dissolve the spike protein. So this, this may be one avenue that can offer help to persons suffering with symptoms after the vaccine. I would note that breastfeeding women and persons already on blood thinners, etc., blood thinning medication should consult with their clinician before taking any product, any drug, any supplement, no matter what it is. Remember, we just started wellness, the wellness company Canada, mirrored on the wellness company USA. And um uh, I think it's um, it's a tremendous company. My job really is not to sell the product. I'm not selling anything to you. But I have endorsed it and I have stood behind the products because I think I'm um, looking at the chemistry, just looking at the makeup of the different products and looking at the literature. It was quite easy for me to provide support to the wellness company, especially stemming from the suboptimal medical care and response that we people experience throughout the pandemic. Doctors failed us terribly, and the health system failed us terribly. People suffered and people died. It became apparent 
that there are many glaring gaps in our healthcare system and people were just not properly treated and they want help. They want help now. Thus the pivot by us doctors and scientists to support the wellness company. So I'm asking, you know, the, the website address is twc.health. That's twc.health. And um, I'm saying, why don't you consider taking a stand against a broken healthcare system, delivery system, and consider membership with the wellness company? Um, and you, if you go to that website, you'll see, I mean, I, Dr. McCullough, et cetera, Dr. Reich, we stand behind it. We stand behind the product. Um, so that's what I wanted to share on that to begin. Um, you know, there's a lot of studies, a lot of research that comes out daily, but there are a lot of issues that um, that I want to discuss. There's one particular one that got me very angry, and I ran a substack on this before. Uh, there was this there was this girl, she was about 19. Her name was Grace Shara. Her father is Scott Shara. And Grace, Grace had Down syndrome, trisomy 21. And um, she had some symptoms that during COVID, the height of COVID, when they took her to the hospital, etc., the hospital was very focused on the fact that she was a Down syndrome child. And it came out in the doctor's discussions and the tapes and the documented paperwork. That was principal in their decision making, and and it made everyone puzzle. And we still are today, and it's being investigated. It's a legal matter now as to why did her trisomy twenty one Down syndrome condition or position impact decision making by the doctors? And um, her father Scott is saying that he believed that their treatment of her, what he saw, that they killed her. And it was a combination of drugs towards the end of her life in hospital, particularly do not resuscitate orders. Then she died. And uh, he said it should have never happened. And it's being investigated. So I wanna I wanted to bring Grace's uh, story to your attention again because it's very, very serious. Um I was following a story recently. Of, of a young girl, 14 years old. Her name is Yulia Hicks. Y-U-L-I-A. Hicks. And doctors at Duke University denied her a kidney transplant because she was not vaccinated. And this has gone on for a very long time and she was get, getting worse. But now we've just found out that she may be getting a kidney. And... Um, this is good news on the one hand, but she was left to suffer and struggle for a long time in weight of the kidney. And you don't know how badly her organs have been damaged now. So I wanted to please Google and get on top of the story of 14-year-old Yulia Hicks and how deranged and psychotic the medical system is and how doctors at Duke University refused refused to give her her kidney transplant because she was not vaccinated. 
And um, recent research has come out telling us that bacterial pneumonia killed more persons than advanced COVID infection or disease. That the bacterial infection, secondary to the viral infection, caused pneumonia. And that the deaths from bacterial pneumonia were accounted for, for more deaths than any other aspect of COVID. This pathogen, this this influenza-like in it, this 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 uh, viral pathogen, and um, I think it's something that we have to consider. Um, there's now a new case of another child, but this child is nine years old, and uh, I think his name is if I if I recall I think his name is Jason Tanner and his case is very uh, very interesting it's unique in the sense that um, that he also needs a kidney his name is Tanner no not Jason, his name is Tanner Donaldson and he was denied a kidney transplant that would save his life and he's not gotten it because he doesn't have a COVID vaccine. The interesting, well, the very sorrowful aspect of this is his father is a match and can give him a kidney, but his father also is not vaccinated. So the, the Cleveland Clinic, they refuse to conduct the transplant surgery because the father is not vaccinated. Yet the father is the perfect match and this hospital, Cleveland, is refusing. Most Americans understand the COVID crisis is done, it's over. And a large portion of Americans were even not vaccinated. But they consider this a kind of flu-like virus that presented little in the way of medical issues for 99% of people who got it. Yet, we have this story of Tanner Donaldson, this, this nine-year-old boy with stage four chronic kidney disease that had a rare birth defect that caused irreversible kidney damage. His father, Dean Donaldson, has been matched as a suitable live kidney donor, but he's not vaccinated. And the Cleveland Children's, the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital has refused to do the surgery as we speak. They have this policy where any organ donor must be fully vaccinated. But remember, you need to look at it in the era of today where the vaccine has basically been stopped by everyone, all countries, the vaccine doesn't work, the vaccine is harmful, etc. Yet here you have this hospital saying, that this young boy will die. He would likely die, pass away tomorrow because he doesn't have a vaccine nor his father. That's insanity of the life that we are living now. You know? And I think it's terrible. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very terrible because it makes no sense. It's illogical, it's irrational, it's specious. What about um, Representative Green? 
uh, I think Marjorie Green. And and she came up with this uh I think she's proposing on the floor the death penalty for fentanyl traffickers in America. So if you are caught trying to traffic and sell fentanyl in America, she's saying you should be put to death. Well, I have two things to add regarding that. I agree with her. They should be put to death, these people, for what they're doing to American children, American society. But I also want to say that I believe the U.S. military should should rev up two B-1B bombers and send them over to China. Get into Wuhan, because Wuhan, while it was the seat of Hokai of the COVID pandemic, is also the seat and the Hokai for the production of the fentanyl precursors. All of the molecules and drugs that go into making end-stage fentanyl, fentanyl that is so deadly the precursor chemicals, that is. They are all manufactured in China, in Wuhan. Wuhan gave us a virus that killed us and has also given us fentanyl. The precursors are what make their way into Mexico, into those southern countries. And the precursors are put together into final fentanyl that's making its way via illegals into America and is killing people. The fentanyl is devastating, and they have another drug recently called um, xylazine or a street name Trunk, T-R-A-N-Q. It's about a, a hundred times at least more, in, more potent than fentanyl. And uh, the problem is a lot of these kids being exposed to this and they don't even know. So I wanted to put that on the table. There's another story that's made around. It's about, the title was the Catholic clergy, male priests, sexually abused Illinois kids, children in, in Illinois, far more often than the church announced. So when I read something like that, the first thing comes to my mind as well. These priests must not be given any leniency. And I say, hang these priests high. This is where I want Clint Eastwood to be real. I'd hang them high show. I want these priests hung high publicly. If courts and judges do find that these sexual abuse of children, so that's pedophilia, did happen and did occur and was done by those Illinois priests, bulletproofed, 100%, then I say hang them high. Catholic clergy sexually abused Illinois kids far more often than the church acknowledged. But but I also want to add that. Yeah, they say what the church didn't acknowledge. The church lied. These priests were buggering these little boys, even the nuns, the little girls, for decades. But I, I want to say something. I'm a Christian. I was raised Catholic. But I've seen so many faiths, all different shapes and sizes of faiths, and people at different times of the religion. I can tell you it's not just Christianity. 
But all of the other religions, they have high priests and people in high positions who take advantage of children and conduct criminal actions on them. I say all of these people to be hung high. I don't care who you are. You must be hung and put to death for what you're doing. You know? And uh, it's a very, very um, serious situation where you take priests, people you trust, who did that, you know? Somebody, what's this, this person's name? Um, Burris. Um, let me find out what's his first name. Charles Burris wrote, why would anyone believe anything from this scum? And he was talking about the media. You're saying, don't believe the media, right? Well, I, I wrote a substack, a blog, and I said, let me add to it, Charles. You forgot words like low life, fecal, banal, feral, vapid, bottom feeder, bottom dweller, duplicitous, evil, Beelzebub, putrid media. The legacy media in America and Canada putrid. They're among the worst people ever. Thank you, and don't forget my blog, Alexander COVID News, as we end this second segment. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Hey, welcome back to the third segment of the America Out Loud uh, talk radio. You're listening to Dr. Paul Alexander on uh, Liberty Hour, America Out Loud talk radio. Um, you know my uh, my talk shows go to podcast the following day, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, iHeart. And you can find me the uh, America Out Loud navigation bar. And you go to, um, you will find my shows there. Um, again, Malcolm is doing a tremendous service to the world by hosting us and uh, giving us a platform when the work media, etc., will not. And uh, I, I want to give a lot of thanks to the wellness company, TWC.health. I want to thank Malcolm again. And, uh, you know, there's so many wrongs right now in society as we sit back. You know, we have a border that's completely porous. We have illegal aliens th that comprise even jihadist Islamists coming up into America with the intent on killing Americans. We have Chinese being reported to be coming up 
amongst the illegals now? Could that be military aids, Chinese coming into America? Could they even set up their own militia or force to attack America from within? We have a lot of questions that must be answered. And we can't be sitting back watching these military age men, young men leaving their country. These are men who should be in the police or the armed forces for their country, yet come into our country. You must, must ask questions. Um, I want to focus on this segment about the fact that, and go back in a very simplistic way, that the vaccines could have never worked. The vaccines, the COVID gene injections, et cetera, have shown that they don't work. Everybody who got a shot got infected and reinfected and got severely ill. The vaccines show themselves to be what we call non-sterilizing, non-neutralizing. Does not ster sterilize the, the, uh, the virus. Sterilizing immunity is full and complete, robust immunity. Immunity that involves stopping infection, stopping replication, and stopping transmission. And the transmission issue is the key element to any discussion because the vaccine mandates became moot and null and void when we knew two weeks after the vaccines were rolled out in January, February 2021, that they were non-sterilizing and they were not stopping. We had the band stable outbreak in Massachusetts in around early fall 2021, where 75% of double vaccinated persons in a party, I think of four to 500, they became infected. Um, and they were double vaccinated with Delta. So we knew that there was something wrong, that the vaccine was not doing what it should do if it was a functional working vaccine. But beyond that, we knew also that this vaccine, because of how it was introduced into the deltoid, um, the antibodies that were produced systemically are IgG and circulating IgA, etc. Um, but what we need is what we call secretory IgA at the level of the nasal mucosa. That mucosa lining that lines the, the nostrils and the back of the throat all the way down uh, the lines the digestive tract, that slimy, snotty layer. It's called the mucosal layer. And beneath that surface of mucosa are the cells that produce the secretory IgA, etc. Types of antibodies that could vanquish and handle pathogen. Remember when pathogens floating in the air and lands in your nostrils? It's the secretory... We call it SIG A, S I G. SIG A is really short for secretory, like a secretion, secretory IgA. That's the immunoglobulin A that resides in your nostrils, in your, in your oral and nasal cavity, the oral and nasal mucosa. And it's manufactured and produced by cells at the bottom of the mucosa lining. And the Antibodies migrate to the surface of the mucosal layer, and virus is hanging around there, and it functions to eliminate and neutralize the virus, etc. And that's the job of SIGA. But here you gave people a vaccine intramuscularly in the deltoid. 
And from there, we learned with the Japanese biodistribution data, we were seeing the content of the vaccine bioaccumulating in the adrenals, in the spleen, in the liver, it's crossing the blood-brain barrier, etc. So we knew that the vaccine content did not stay at the injection site, as we were told. But people like Malone and they must be investigated and put on the oath. Because he did the research in 1989, I believe, looking at exosomes and lipid nanoparticles packaging these mRNAs. So he knew and they knew that just by saying that you put in the mRNA inside of a lipid nanoparticle fatty ball to protect it and stabilize it and to get it to where it needs to go, he knew that it must leave the injection site. By putting a payload inside of a lipid nanoparticle, you are actually admitting there that that is going to go far and wide and deep. It could not stay at the injection site once packaging lipid nanoparticle. How I just explained that to you was never told to the public by Malone, Carrico, Wiseman, etc. And the reality is these vaccines could have never worked because the fact of the matter is that a fundamental mistake underlying the development of these vaccines was to neglect the functional distinction. There's a distinction between the two categories of antibodies that the body produces when, when it's exposed to pathogen or microbes, to protect against the microbes. And the two categories of antibodies is the first category, as I said, it's called SIGI. SIG, S-I-G is short, but we really call it secretory, S-E-C-R-E-T-O-R-I, secretary, like, like a secretion, secretory IgA. Those are produced by immune cells, lymphocytes that are located at the base of the mucous membranes in the nostrils. They also line the respiratory tract and the intestinal digestive tract. And these antibodies produced by these lymphocytes, these SIGA antibodies, get released and secreted all the way up to the top of the mucosal layer, the mucosal membrane. And uh, why? These antibodies, therefore, are on site. They are available. They're there now. So if any airborne viruses, any pathogen lands in the nostrils, lands in the mucosal layer, lands in your mouth, lands in the digestive tract, the SIGA antibodies could then prevent infection. It could neutralize the virus outside of the cells. Um, it prevents binding and infection of the cells. So one category is the secretory IgA, SIGA. The second category is what we call circulating IgA. That's the IgA that's circulating in the bloodstream. It circulates there with a key antibody called IgG immunoglobulin G. We call that circulating IgG. That circulates, these circulate in the bloodstream. And their job is if infection leaves like the lung and enters the bloodstream, their job is to neutralize that pathogen, that virus or infection, so it does not infect heavy organs inside of the body. But the issue we are talking about is virus and pathogen and microbe lands in the nasal mucosa oral cavity first. 
when it does that, it, if it encounters SIG A, secretary IgA, IgA, that SIG A is enough to vanquish and neutralize the pathogen. That's why as you go about your life and you navigating the environment and different pathogen landing in your nostrils, you they're going to bump up against SIG A that's being released and secreted up from the base of the mucosal layer. And the SIG A will vanquish anything that lands generally. One could even argue that that is a rudimentary explanation of the innate immune system, that first line of defense. Anyway, the IgG and, is, and the circulating IgA in the bloodstream, and these protect the internal organs of the body from the infectious agent if they try to spread via the bloodstream. But when you inject a vaccine into the muscle, as we did here, into the injection site, right? So the interior of the body, the antibody response systemically will only be to induce IgG and circulating IgA. Circulating IgG, circulating IgA. Not SIGA. The vaccine does not induce the production of secretory IgA or SIGA. And but but remember. The circulating IgA and IgG cannot and will not effectively protect the mucous membranes, that mucosal layer in your nostrils or your digestive tract, from infection from COVID virus. It will not. So the inability of vaccine-induced antibodies to prevent coronavirus infections, we've already seen, it's reported elsewhere. This is known that you cannot inject into the muscle, the arm muscle, the injection site, and expect the systemic antibodies produced in the bloodstream like circulating IgA, circulating IgG, IgG, that these will be able to protect the upper airways, protect the upper mucosal layer in the nostrils, in the mouth, in the oral cavity, in the pharynx, etc. It can't do it. It can't get there. It can't penetrate and move up, like possibly through the lungs, from the bloodstream to the lungs, way up, and get all the way up to uh, the mucosal layer. Cannot penetrate. So the vaccine, what we are trying to say is was doomed from the start. There are like 10 different ways we could show that the vaccine failed. But this is one of them. In other words, this vaccine could not work. This vaccine was doomed from the start. It could not work because the antibodies produced or induced by the vaccine cannot get to the mucosal layer, that slimy, snotty layer in your nostrils where the vaccinal antibodies are needed. First of all, it's producing the wrong antibodies. But put that aside, the antibody response cannot get to the mucosal layer where the virus lands. So the virus is in the mucosal layer of your nostrils. It hangs around there, hangs around in the gum line, in the mouth, etc. Yet the antibodies that are produced from the vaccine are in the bloodstream. So it cannot get to it. That's why we said this vaccine failed out of the gate. You know? Um, we also wanted 
to talk about the fact that natural infection from COVID virus in most people remain localized to the respiratory tract. The vaccines, however, the vaccines cause cells deep inside our body to express the spike protein. And they were never meant to do so by nature, like normally. Any cell that expresses or builds the spike protein or any foreign protein, or let's use the term antigen, will be attacked by the immune system. And this, this attack systemically will be by the circulating IgG as well as CD8 plus cytotoxic T cells, T lymphocytes. And this could happen in any organ. And we are seeing now that the heart is affected in many young people, leading to myocarditis and pericarditis, or even sudden cardiac arrest and death. So I wanted you to, to remember that this vaccine actually failed out of the gate. And then I wrote this paper in Brownstone, where I put about 70 studies showing that the vaccine failed. Not only did the initial vaccine fail with the Wuhan antibodies, but the present, the more updated bivalent vaccines, the BA4, BA5 subvariant clades. Remember the bivalent booster was, <laughs> was given approval based on testing on eight mice, um, uh, um, a mice model, a rodent model. And actually mice that mice actually got sick The mice got sick and the mice, some mice actually died. So it's not even to say that they, it showed any benefit. It was, put, it was very harmful. So we have a situation where they brought a vaccine that just couldn't work. And I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but you know the issue. Besides the harms from the vaccine, besides the factors we just explained, it could have never worked. The fact of the matter is they brought a vaccine and they administered it in the into the teeth of a pandemic. When there's virus circulating, you never ever vaccinate into a pandemic. It's like loading your weapons whilst your enemy is on the battlefield with you. You load your weapons when the enemy is not on the battlefield with you. Because... Because you will underestimate the evolutionary capacity of the virus to evolve and adapt to the pressure you're placing on it. If you roll out, it's a virologist and a vaccinologist's greatest nightmare that you would roll out a vaccine in the midst of a pandemic when there's across all age groups, when there's so much infectious pressure that means virus is circulating because you did it whilst in, in a pandemic. So there's virus circulating and you rolled out this vaccine that induced these vaccinal antibodies. We just spoke about the fact that those antibodies can't even work because they can't even get to the nasal mucosa. We haven't even spoken about the fact that the vaccine causes severe adverse effects and death. We are now talking about another aspect of the vaccine that is as catastrophic in that by administering a vaccine in the midst of a pandemic, whilst the population is trying to mount an immune response, that population with the induced 
vaccinal antibodies are bumping up against virus that's circulating. The vaccinal antibodies have been unable to have the time to get to what we call its full affinity or maximal binding. And by the vaccinal antibodies being unable to be trained properly and develop that maturity to its maximal binding capacity of the, to the antigen, then those vaccinal antibodies will be binding suboptimally to the virus. But in doing that suboptimally, it places pressure. It does not eliminate or destroy the virus. That pressure causes emergence of variants like Omicron.